Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alvstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Welcome to our show. Welcome to the Pigskin Podcast Network. Uh, we're uh, pleased to be affiliated with um, with that brand. And going forward, we'll have a lot of different things uh, to introduce there and to kind of help us uh, spread it out a little bit. And uh, today, Keith, we are talking about the regular season schedule and we're going to do some predictions so it should be a lot of fun we'll kind of see where we yeah. land at the end this is the fifth annual prediction show where we get, we go game by game through the schedule and make predictions that you know include a whole bunch of variables that don't exist like you know <laughs> we, we can't account for injuries or you know any other random stuff that happens but we do it anyway because it's fun and surprisingly you are really good at this and I am less good at it, but I still have managed to be fairly close every year. I don't uh, like but, the way that you uh, you said surprisingly. Well, I'm surprised that anyone on earth, <laughs> um, under these circumstances, no, and yeah. lack of the lack of you know the knowledge of things that you need to know, like who got hurt in week four and oh, I know it is crazy. Um, but surprisingly, without any of that information, you are still really good at this, and. Um, yeah, we're, I think you, both haven't you been decent. right the last like two or three years where you've just yeah. been straight up at the right well, prediction? Well, the only time I really missed was that season that was the transition season. So I think it was 2018 where mm-hmm. um, I thought that they were going to be nine wins or something like that. And they ended up winning or eight wins and they ended up it, winning. Winning 10, making the 10. playoffs. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow. You had eight. I think that year I had seven because we both saw, you know, like, this is the transition year. This is the rebuild year where they, right. you're going to have one down year. And they did have a down year with 10 wins and a playoff berth. Right. And we saw <laughs> so. the floor. I mean, that was the floor of the, of the team, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. The interesting thing is it's, it's a lot easier to predict a team that is just really consistent year in, year out. And the mm-hmm. Seahawks have just proven that with, Pete Carroll is the coach and Russell Wilson. I just really do think that there is kind of a floor of nine or 10 wins. And so when you only have to make adjustments on three or four possible wins or losses in the entire schedule, it's, it seems like it's easy to kind of get into that pocket. And I kind of feel that way about this, um, this season as well. When you really look at the schedule, it could go a couple of different ways. It really could. We've got a new offensive coordinator. It makes things interesting obviously new players every year and so forth. But on paper, to me, everything lines up to where I think we're still going to be a top five offense. And I think we're still going to be real close to a top 10 defense. And that puts you into a a win category that is fairly predictable. So um, you mentioned a uh, close to a top 10 defense. So somewhere between 10 and 15, right in in that range. there's been some movement at the cornerback position, including projected starter, Akella Witherspoon, who looked really good throughout camp, um, is now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers, traded for a fifth-round draft pick. Um, and instead, they brought in, um, let's see, what's his name? Uh, Bless Austin. Bless Austin. Uh, which, is, which is actually... Blessu and Austin, which is why I was like, wait, what was that name again? But no, he was projected to be the starter for the Jets and then had a um, a really bad joint practice against um, Green Brett, Bay. Yeah, Green Bay and, and Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to say Brett Favre there for a second. Like, I know Whoa. you were. <laughs> Hello, let's go back in time a little bit. No, um, Aaron Rodgers and stuff. And so uh, right before, you know, when we were, you know, kind of dealing with some, um, some tech issues before we hit record. I just kind of read through and it sounded like he was cut not for like performance issues or anything like that, but it was just more of a, an immaturity and they just weren't the, the new coaching staff there just didn't want to deal with um, him pouting and, and that kind of stuff. So they, they cut him and Seahawks signed him and 
apparently a good player, but you know, we'll see how long it takes him to we'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see where he fits, whether they want to put him on the boundary or he's competing in a slot situation. It's you know, I didn't spend a lot of time looking at him, but I just find the mm-hmm. whole thing to be completely honest, kind of disappointing in in the way that they've approached the defensive back situation this year. I I you know, when they moved on from Griffin immediately they needed to have a, a better solid plan, I think. And they were counting on DJ Reed. I, that's great. That's fine. They, you know, they had an opportunity to draft a couple of different players in the second round there in the draft to to address this need first and foremost. They chose to go to you know in a different direction. That's fine. I think D. Eskridge is probably going to end up being an awesome player long term. But you really left your back end of your defense vulnerable uh, by the approach that they had signing Witherspoon. He hadn't completely proven that he was going to be an answer not only in san francisco but a new team in seattle that proved out and now we're just kind of scrambling it certainly wouldn't surprise me if we're not done there yet and it wouldn't surprise me at all if we make a similar trade mid-season trade same as we did with dunlap to mm-hmm. really address this issue and uh from i just read a, a little clip too that uh, stefan gilmore is still being made available out of New uh, New England. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, maybe it's time that we actually stepped up and realized that we have a chance, a real chance to get deep in the playoffs this year and solidify that situation. But that's just me. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I mean, I think you brought this up when we were, um, were talking a couple of days ago that uh, Richard Sherman was uh, in headquarters. Now, that may not mean anything because as a – you know, a guy that earned a few pro or uh, not just pro bowls, but all pros in a Seahawk uniform, he's kind of got an open invitation um, to come in and, and, and that wouldn't cost us anything, right? So that wouldn't cost us anything. You're going to end up having to pay Richard Sherman, probably close to $10 million with incentives and all that kind of stuff for a single season. And I think it's worth it at this point. If you truly believe you're Super Bowl bound, or at least in that conversation, you make a move like that with the situation that we currently have, because you have to lock that thing down. Yeah. I mean, he, we don't, everything kind of left the news cycle. So we don't really know what's going on with him and his, you know, the legal issues that he ran into with, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, him trying to get into his in-laws house and all that nonsense. But, um, you know, if he's available to play and he's healthy, you know, the team could do far worse than, than bringing him in, especially on an incentive laden, laden deal. So he's okay. You're going to make, um, two million dollars in salary but there's 10 million available if you come in and ball out um like if he'll take that especially since right now he's looking at earning nothing because he's not on a roster and he's probably untouchable to a few teams at this point you know but there's some familiarity with with the seahawks and i think it would be a good fit i think we should be doing it yeah Really? So it's, okay. it's a possibility. It's definitely a possibility. So we've got a big show. We like to talk. We've obviously talked now for about eight minutes on uh, stuff that's completely unrelated to wow. the regular season schedule. I know. So let's just hop right into it. Um, we've made it. We've finally made it. The off season has now landed us the week before the first game of the season. It's time to have this show. Um, it should be fun. So let's just kind of go right through it. First game, Seahawks at the Colts, 10 a.m. game next Sunday. Um, you, Carson Wentz has kind of had a rocky start here in the offseason with his new ball club, but this is going to be his regular season debut with the Colts. Um, their offensive line is much better than the Philadelphia Eagles was, which is a, a little concern for me because Carson Wentz, when he doesn't have that protection, is very vulnerable to mistakes. But when he does have protection, he's a pretty decent quarterback at finding open receivers and so forth. Um, and his tools are Michael Pittman, um, Zach Pascal. He's Jonathan Taylor had a very good year last year, looks to improve upon that. Um, and then, but, but Taylor, while picking up close to 1200 yards is going to face a Seahawks defense that last year finished fifth against the run last year, um, with 3.9 yards, um, per carry allowed. So, and you take a look at the other side of the, of the equation, Seahawks have a new offensive coordinator this year, a new scheme built around Russell Wilson. I think it's an ideal fit. I I do believe that it will prove out throughout the season uh, that this is a really good fit for for Wilson. Um, And, of course, Lockett and Metcalf are coming back. And then you've got 
Carson and Carson Biden. and Penny. I think Penny has a real upside here. We just haven't seen it. We haven't even seen it in the preseason, but I'm still holding out hope that the team sees what what we aren't able to see and um, kind of unleashes that uh, at the beginning of the year here. And I think we we all feel a little better. And then against the Colts defensive line, um, DeForest Buckner's there and all pro Darius Leonard. Um, that, that backs that up at linebacker. So it's a, it's a well-built team. They always, um, you know, in this lineup, I think that they're in the conversation in the AFC a little bit, at least to get into the playoffs. And oh, so yeah. the, the first, you know, time out of the gate, first game, I still think that the Seahawks have enough there um, to go in and, and win this game. They should win this game. Um, they're a better team. They're better coached. They're, they need to get a fast start and and their early schedule is fairly tough. Um, so I have them as a win though. I have them as a win. I, I, I don't know if I would, if I would go in with better coached. Um, I, I like For, Frank Reich as a coach um, there in the Colts. I like their defense. I think their defense is a, you know, top five defense to me. The reason why I think that team falls and fails. And I think they're a playoff team um, but they don't, they're not a Super Bowl contender because of their quarterback situation. Carson Wentz has not practiced. He he just has not been able to do much with the team um, because of the injury, the foot injury. He was never mobile. And now with this foot injury that he's going to try and play through, um, he's even less mobile. And last year, he his mechanics just fell apart and he was really inaccurate. I mean, even on oh, short It was passes, awful there at the end. Uh, even on short passes, he just, it was like Tim Tebow throwing. I mean, it was bad. Um, and there's a reason why he got benched and eventually shipped out of Philly. He just, well, Philadelphia, Keith, I mean, they had the worst offensive line in the NFL, you know, by the yeah. time that their starters and so forth were hurt and Peters was out and all sorts of stuff. I mean, that offensive line was legit bad. And oh, he, was. Run, he was running around for his life. I think he was the most sacked quarterback in the NFL in 2020. When that happens, all sorts of stuff goes on in your brain and you just you lose the ability to be the quarterback that you're optimized to be and i think carson wentz definitely needs an offensive line that's going to protect him to give him the time and but what i'm saying is the colts do have that they have that ability i think they finished overall second in the nfl um in sacks allowed and eighth overall as an offensive line um pro, pro pro football focus and so to me that could be a a real difference maker for him as a quarterback and i you know i think it gives him at least the potential to be back to what he was in 2017 and 18. yeah i mean All we'll right. see so I you just, have you have it as a win it. i have it as a win i have it as a very low scoring win oh interesting really yeah, yeah. low scoring yeah, the Colts' got, defense got a, is pretty decent, but holy there, cow, I'm looking there, for our offense to kind of explode. I have it as a I have it as a low scoring win because I think the Colts' defense is legit, it and is. I think their and I think their offense is not, and so they're not going to score points, but they're going to prevent Seattle from running the scoreboard up. I think it's going to be a low scoring win. All right, first home game of the year: Titans at Seahawks. Titans. I okay. I'll I'll lead off. I've got this as a win. Um, I don't feel comfortable about it. I don't feel great about it. Um, in part because, uh, you know, that offensive line, that running game coming in, I know the Seahawks are really good against the run by design. Um, and the way they play their defensive tackles and everything, it's, it's a strength on strength kind of matchup, but, uh, the Titans have a way of running on teams that are good well, at stopping the run. Derek Henry has a way of running on teams. Well, yeah, but I, and, he's a beast. but it's, it's not just a, he is absolutely a beast, but it's not just him. The offensive line is, is great. And they're, it's such a good, like they, they're so good at opening holes. Um, their defense is solid too. Uh, it's, you know, maybe down a little bit from last year, but that's okay. Uh, I just look at, but they that, picked up Julio Jones. Yeah. Um, I think that really is a difference maker for them. Plus AJ Brown, Josh Reynolds, they picked up from the Rams, Ryan Tannehill though. You know, it's one of those things. I just, I'm not enamored with Tannehill. Same yeah. draft as Russell Wilson, but I think that Tannehill gets, he, he runs into perception problems because he played for Adam Gase for too long. Mm -hmm. um, and there, there it's, it's no mistake that the moment he got out of, um, 
the Adam Gase world, he began to look like a starting quarterback and has That's been one of, the more, one of the more efficient quarterbacks in the NFL since um, escaping, you know, that situation yeah. that he was in. Um, I still think it's a win for Seattle. I think that the um, the Titans defense isn't as good as the Colts. And I think that that's going to allow Russell Wilson and the CX offense to start to really show what they can do and, and put up points. And I don't know if um, the run first offense uh, that the Titans have can keep up with, with Seattle's ability to score points. Yeah. And we could have that conversation a few different times this year um, about teams trying to keep up with Seattle. That's, that's going to be an interesting to watch. Okay. So I've got him down as a win as well. Um, for a, a lot of the same reasons, and I'm not going to rehash that. Let's move on. Seahawks yeah. at Vikings on September 26th, third game of the season. Um, this is an interesting matchup, but I always like the Seahawks against the Vikings. There's just something about that matchup where we seem to be doing really well historically. The Vikings and have a way of finding ways to lose against Seattle. They really do. That is absolutely true. And and there's a lot of familiar names going on in in uh, with the Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins is there. We've you and I both share an opinion of Kirk Cousins that he's a really good overall decent quarterback who's more of a game manager kind of guy, similar to Jared Goff, only less mistake prone. But he. Um, He's not going to really go get a win when the game mm-hmm. is on the line. And then, but I really love Dalvin Cook. They've got a great receiving um, core, and um, their defensive line is kind of where it's at. Plus, Anthony Bart, linebacker. It's a decent team with not a lot of star power. I do see them falling off a little bit this year. A lot of folks seem to think that they're going to be up there and being competitive with Green Bay and so forth. I don't see it. I think that there may be a 10 win team in a 17 game um mm-hmm. season and i don't think that's going to be enough so i have it as a win okay so I where are it, you i have it as as the team's first loss Ooh. um we and, strongly disagree yeah but, I it, mean, but it is on the road it's on the road it's the vikings and i i think that at some point the vikings have they're they're going to find a way to avoid the stupid mistakes at end of games that give Seahawks wins when, when the Vikings have looked like the better team or at least, or at least they played better on that day because it's been like the last four times these teams have played that it felt like the Vikings had the better day, but Seattle came away with the win because the Vikings just did something dumb. And at some point they have to uh, exercise those demons. And so I went with a win or sorry, with, with a loss and I don't feel great about that, but um, you know what? You got to pick losses at some point. You can't. I'm not going to have them going 17 and now. So um, well, that's what that's what I did. I'm really curious about this next game, like how we kind of predicted this. So <clears throat> again, Seahawks go on the road, which mm-hmm. is a familiar theme at the beginning of the year here, which could be a make or break time, you know, for this yep. team. Um, Seahawks at 49ers, October 3rd, going to be the fourth game of the season. Uh, I have it down as a loss and we can go over the 49ers a little bit, but the real interesting thing uh, this year for them is the transition on quarterback Garoppolo seems like he's going to be the guy, but Trey Lance showed an awful lot in the preseason that scares the crap out of me for the future. Uh, I don't Mm -hmm. know that he's the answer right now. I think they probably make a wise choice going with Jimmy to start the year, but that conversation is going to be ongoing possibly distracting for that team uh moving forward but they do have a lot of players a lot of uh, talent talent. receivers tight end kittle nick bosa's back this year they had a ton of injuries last year if they're healthy they're as competitive as a a roster as anybody and in the nfc west man it's gonna be tough yeah i have this game as a win um entirely because of the quarterback situation um they're gonna come out and try and do quarterback by committee this year and, you know, Garoppolo is going to get the bulk of the playing time, but Lance is going to get rotated in for a play here and there so they can use his skill set and play him more on the goal line and, and you know, third and one. But then they'll also have packages for him. So they'll be rotating their quarterbacks in and out. And Garoppolo is already a mediocre quarterback. And then now you take him off the field 
um, all the time and remove any potential he has for ever finding a rhythm, I think it that's grounds for him for fail to fail. And um, so yeah, early, he seems like he plays on a lot of um, a, a lot of that sort of situation where his confidence yeah. is built up on those sorts of affirmations. Mm-hmm. And if he's not getting that on a regular basis, and and plus he's getting this external pressure all the time. Plus Shanahan's one of those coaches. Quite frankly, he's not like a touchy feely, empathetic coach. He's more of like, you know, my way or the highway kind of guy, which is fine. He's successful, mm-hmm. but that's not a great fit for Garoppolo. Yeah, and and so I just foresee this being a win for Seattle because of the quarterback situation is at that point for them about to just explode they're going to make the switch to lance and then they're going to have a couple of weeks with lance where they're they're going to you know they're going through the growing pains but i foresee them being really strong at the end of the year they get out of this stupid situation where they now are now get away from the mediocre quarterback that they seem to want to play entirely just to protect their rookie um and instead they get the, the shift they get through the growing pains they get into the second half of the year where the rookie who's super talented is starting to finally figure things out and make, get stuff going. And I, then I see them becoming really tough. Okay. Well, the interesting thing is we've already got two uh, disagreements um, mm-hmm. so far. So this is fantastic. I know um, a couple of years ago we had the, a couple of years ago. We were like, same, we got same down to the, went, yeah, the final game or something. We were all lined up. Um, yeah, okay. So, um, first nationally televised game of the year, Seahawks at the Rams. So we're on the road yet again. So the and, fifth game of the year and it's four road games. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, October 7th afternoon game on Thursday night football, uh, at the Rams, I've got it as a win. There's a lot of variables though. Um, when you take a look at the, at the roster, the Rams are putting on the field this year. So they they jettisoned almost their entire coaching staff in the offseason. So everything Not is kind of purpose. rebuilt. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, everyone got picked off there. They had a great coaching mm-hmm. staff, including our, our guy. Mm-hmm. But Matthew Stafford is really the equation changer on this roster. Um, if you take a look at these this offense um, built with Matthew Stafford versus Jared Goff, it's got a heck of a lot more potential. Oh, yeah, so it, it was already fairly solid in a unspectacular sort of way. And now they add a little bit of spectacular to the equation, a little, you know, the ability to throw, you know, from different throwing angles and all that stuff. Matthew Stafford is an expert at that sort of thing. It's going to, I think it's, it'll put a little bit more pressure on the defense. Um, the, the, the cool thing about our defense is that we've got players that actually help us with that. Um, mm-hmm. guys like Marquise Blair coming back, Jamal Adams, you got, uh, Taylor on the outside edge and Kerry Hyder. And it just seems we, we have a little bit more speed. I think that helps neutralize some of that, but, uh, Cam Akers is out for them. They went out, um, obviously they've got Daryl Henderson, but they went out, uh, in a trade and, and picked up Sony Michelle, which I think is an adequate pickup for them. A guy that's a placeholder, probably a better replacement value situation than going with a guy like um, Adrian Peterson or somebody else that's no, ancient out there. Sony Michelle is unspectacular, but he does a lot of things. Well, he's a good receiver out of the backfield. He's good at blitz pickup. Um, if you need him to, he's an adequate runner. He's not going to mm-hmm. light the world on fire, but he does everything well. Um, you know, just not yeah. great at anything. And so he's a, he, this is a good pickup for them. He, he's a guy that can do, a lot of those things and really help Matthew Stafford out, but he's not going to grind the yards and just be a dominant ground force the way that Cam Akers would have been. So it, it was a good pickup for them, but they're still worse off without Akers. And let's not um, guess that I have this as a loss. I have this as a loss because I think that um, the Rams uh, roster is extremely top heavy. It's got some really, really high-end talent, especially on defense with Aaron Donald and Ramsey in the back end, and um, you know some of their their receivers and and pass rushers. And it's just they're, they're they've got a lot of really high-end talent, but they've got no depth. Their depth is terrible. This and year, I and, so and I apologize year, too. I think er, earlier I said we were uh, away at this game. This is a game at home. Oh, this is the home game. 
Yeah. So I, I, I screwed up. In my notes, I've also got it as an away game. Yeah. I don't know why <laughs> I did that, um, but that's incorrect. So In, I will, interesting. I will well, change I'm, I'm going to stick with my um, my prediction that uh, this one is a, is a loss, though. Um, I just think that they're they're working on something special there, and so they they've got things figured out. And I think that it's early in the year. We're going to have um, it, that team's going to be tough to beat. I think later in the year, as injuries start to pile up for every team, because it happens in the NFL, that where you're going to see them drop off because they just don't have the depth to keep it going. That's a great analysis, actually. Um, I do I I do worry about this game. Um, now that I just realized it's at home, I actually feel better about my pick because I had them down as a win. Um, and now I really think that it's favorable for the Seahawks in this first matchup against potentially, a, you know, two teams that are going to finish one, two in the, in the, in the division and possibly in the conference. I mean, this, the, the NFC this year is just going to be crazy. I think green Bay, you know, goes into that equation as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe San Francisco, maybe one more team and that's about it. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you didn't mention Tampa, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, well, God, I just don't <laughs> like them. So I'm going to I'm gonna avoid talking about them. Um, so Seahawks go on the road. So here's the, here's the next road game yep. uh, against the Steelers, our, um, our favorite NFL team not named the Seahawks. Yes, the team that we absolutely love to hate. I know. It's, the, it's funny how once that happens that it never goes away, especially in a big brutal. game. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like I didn't really have anything against the Steelers prior to the Super Bowl. And then that Super Bowl happened. And forevermore, I can't help but not like them. Yeah. They're it, they're just an absolutely hateable team <laughs> ever since that game. I know. All um, right. But let's talk let's talk real uh football here. So the Steelers um still bring some familiar faces, but not a lot. So mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger is still sitting there at quarterback. I don't even know how, but he is. Uh, but uh, Juju Schuster-Smith, their wide receiver, Nanji Harris is a great pickup out of the draft from Alabama yeah. in the draft. I think he's going to really actually help them um, and help take some pressure off Roethlisberger a little bit. And on the defensive side, everything's kind of led by uh, T.J. Watt, who we had a chance to draft and, and passed up on. Um, so what do you think of this game? Uh, it's on the road. It's Steelers are seem to be diminishing overall, but yeah. when you take a look at the national writers and so forth, everyone's kind of still lifting them up a little bit. And I don't know if it's earned or not. I, I don't really like their roster as much as the national uh, writers do. I think defensively they're good, but not great. There's a reason why they just, they gave up a draft pick to get a Kella Witherspoon from Seattle. They're back into their defenses suspect. Um, and you know their their offensive lines taking a hit, and I don't know if you know the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger is still able to um, lead a team to to wins. I mean, his arm talent is greatly diminished, at least based on what we saw last year. I was kind of surprised they brought him back. Um, I mean, he they, he was his contract was expiring and they figured it would be a great opportunity for them to move on. But they, there wasn't a ton of, of situations available for them. If they weren't going to be able to go out and get one in the, in the first round of the draft, it really dropped off for them. And then the free agency yeah. market in there wasn't in much the there court, either. It yeah. was tough. It was, and that's why you saw the trade chatter last so long for Russell Wilson, because teams were pretty desperate. Um, but yeah, I see this as a win. It's mm-hmm. a Sunday night football game on the road. October 17th, we don't have to worry about the weather necessarily um, as far as it being cold or any anything like that at all. It should be a great, perfect night for football, and I see Seattle going in there and really just taking it. And at this point, I think everything starts to become in sync for the Seahawks. The, the, the offense now is well-adjusted to the new scheme. You're starting to see players like D.S. Gridge increase their usage and Russell Wilson becoming uh, comfortable. A guy like Gerald Everett is starting to emerge. And I think the weapons just kind of start to overwhelm teams. And um, you mentioned earlier that teams are going to have a hard time keeping up with the Seahawks. I think this is, this is kind of where it starts, where where we en- enter a run of games now where we just start really po- uh, imposing our will on teams offensively. Yeah. Yeah. Um... 
Yeah, I mean, I, to I, I, I'll just leave it at that because I, I just think that Pitt's not. They aren't the special team that they people seem to want them to be because they're still looking at guys like Roethlisberger being at their peak, and he's way, way well past it. So um, let's move on. Um, New Orleans is the following week. It's a. It looks like in theory, a rebuilding year for them. Drew Brees is, is out. And, and so they're like, okay, you know, they, they've got to make that transition, but um, you know, talk about landing on your feet, getting uh, Jameis Winston um, in there. He was been a backup for a year, a chance to learn from, you know, one of the best ever in terms of preparation and stuff and how to be a pro and, and all of that. And you're not, suggesting that Jameis Winston's going to come into Russell Wilson's home and like hand it to him. Are you hand it to him? No, but I I do think they pull out a pull out a win. Uh, I think this is a win for them. I think that everyone looks at, at, oh at Jameis Winston and the, the year that he threw, what was it? 40 touchdowns and 30 interceptions and go, yeah, he's not a, an NFL quarterback, but I think he's had a chance to be humbled. He's got a He's in a situation where he doesn't have to play hero ball um, all the time and, and, and force the ball. And he's got an offense with Sean Payton that, um, is going to play to his strengths. And you know that that offense in new Orleans has worked the last couple of years, despite the fact that, you know, drew Brees's arm mm-hmm. was non-existent. I mean, they couldn't run half of their offense because, um, Brees just had reached that point in his life where he just couldn't throw the ball like he used to. Now they get a guy with, with insane arm talent. Um, in that offense, I think it's going to be a really good fit. I think they're going to be significantly better than people. He want. may have significant arm talent, but I'm just not so sold on the emotional ability for him to deal with football in the NFL on a weekly basis and really take command of a team and put it the team on his back and get wins. Um, I'm not convinced of that. I don't think that he has a history of that. I don't think because he just has a change of scenery that that's an automatic given. Well, and it's more than a change of scenery. He's been there for a full year. So when when you take a look at just the sheer, so they started up so upside down in free agency and with their um, their cap situation, they were over one hundred million dollars mm-hmm. in in debt before they started, and yeah. you're telling me they at the time that we were having conversations about the saints, we were literally, they were going to have to be so dismantled that they were going to be bottom dwellers for the next three or four years until they figured out how to build, rebuild their roster. Are you telling me they rebuilt their roster to no. a point where they're possibly going to go into Seattle and take a win from a team that's looking like it should be the Super Bowl? I think they, I think their roster didn't bottom out as bad as we thought um because they were able to move some some key pieces move some money and and keep it as intact this was this was a retooling it's a drop off it it's kind of like a Seattle in in 2018 situation where they lost talent but they may have gained a win or two because of the makeup of the roster and where the money is being spent. And um, I think the improvement in the offense, just based on their ability to do more and they're not so limited, um, I think is going to matter. And I think that they're going to be, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're probably the favorite of their division and um, well, not them. Tampa would be, but they're, they're the favorite to, make it as a wild card team out of their division. I just um, and I think don't they can, see it. You don't? Uh, no, we'll I, I, I think have that, that as they're going to be a 500 win team or less. Well, you know, and I still feel that way. Teams can't finish 500 anymore. There's an odd number of games. Oh my God. <laughs> so Jaguars at the Seahawks, we get two home games in a row. Um, wow. And I had that Saints game, by the way, as a win, obviously. Yeah. Um, Jaguars at the Seahawks, uh, week eight, uh, Halloween, uh, fun, fun game. Everyone's going to show up in their costumes and stuff. And and quite frankly, it'll be the only game this year where everyone wears a mask. Oh, terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know it's cheesy, but that's where I'm at in life. Um, Here's the thing is, are the Jacksonville Jaguars going to show up in costume of a team that's good at football? (laughs) That's funny. 
Yeah, that'd be funny if they <laughs> actually came in like Tampa Bay's uniform. Um, that would that would crack me up. That would be oh. so funny. Um, okay, Trevor Lawrence, first pick in the draft. Here's a chance yeah. to see Trevor Lawrence in person. By this time, he's settled in as a quarterback. We kind of know what he's all about at this point. CX have got plenty of film to study. We know how to stop him. He doesn't have a lot of tools around him. Marvin Jones at wide receiver, the end. Um, DJ Shark, you know, he's a guy, but he's not special. Um, they got Shaquille Griffin on the other side of the ball um, from he us. Familiar. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see where he's at compared to where the Seahawks defensive backs are at that point in the season. And then we had mentioned earlier in the in free agency about a running back that was literally as old as petrified wood, Carlos Hyde. He landed on this roster and he's probably going to get some touches. And as soon as he touches the ball, he'll be the oldest running back to ever carry a football in the NFL. Other than that, I don't expect them to win many more than two or you three mean, games this year. You said Carlos Hyde. Don't you mean Frank Gore? Or Yeah, I did. I did. You're absolutely right. I was thinking <laughs> Frank Gore in my brain and I read Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde is there. We're familiar with Carlos Hyde because he was, he was in Seattle last year. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm like Frank um, Gore with his Frank first Gore. carry will be the yeah. oldest person to ever get. A and carry. I still think he's trying somewhere. I just don't know where. Um, okay. So I have that as a win. You. Uh, yeah, it's a win. And so and that, we go into the bye week. I, I go into the bye week with a seven and one record. That might be a bit ambitious now that I'm looking at it, but there's probably three of those games that we just went through where there might be toss-ups and I'm just kind of giving the edge on those toss-up games to Seattle. That's the difference for me. And I have them at five and three at the bye week which is just horrible for you. It's just horrible for me. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's okay. just a, a complete lack of belief in your, in your team. Okay. I can't believe you approach this exercise in kind of a neutral non-homeristic mode. I'm, I'm just embarrassed. It's, it's for like you, you right don't now. even, it's like you don't even know me, Bill. <laughs> this has been so fantastic this is the first time we've had any disagreement in months yeah. um i almost feel like after this i need to go take a shower it's just one of those it's okay just, so we are um we are, we have reached uh 37 minutes yeah, it doesn't of, matter. of a 30 minute yeah. show and we're halfway through the season so well, we're not going to um, talk about that anymore let's um, pick up the pace a little bit uh right, so bye week <laughs> we have the bye week okay yep um, which is a good time. It's week nine. It's the perfect insert time in the season right before a huge game. Um, and that huge game is the Seahawks at the Packers. Yes. Probably the game of the year to this point in the season, probably in the NFL, um, because this is one of those games that is definitely against two teams that it should be there at the end battling for home field advantage and a bye and, um, getting deep in the playoffs and so forth. The Packers have been more successful getting deeper in the playoffs than the Seahawks. Is this the year the Seahawks can go and establish themselves as a team that can get further in the playoffs and, and possibly get to the NFC Championship game? I think this will be a game that kind of tells the story on that. But I have it as a loss. Now, I want them to I, go and play well. I think I playing well there, yeah, playing well there would be significant. Um, getting a win is a bonus. Um, but I do have it as a loss just because, you know, how, you know, we mentioned earlier about how we feel about Pittsburgh where we just hate them and it's irrational and it doesn't matter who's on their roster or whatever. It's just, we genuinely, gen, genuinely hate them. Uh, that is how the Packers feel about Seattle. And it has to do with the, um, you know, uh, there was a golden Tate play in there and, right. um, there was a, you know, insane comeback in an yes. NFC title game. I think game that was the worst there. one for them. Um, there, there's been quite a few uh, ones, and they they can like for them if they're if they're not going to win a title this year, they, they want to, and they have the they have the roster to go compete for one. But if they don't, just beating Seattle will be enough to appease some of their fans because that's how much they hate us. Um, and, and I do have this. This is a loss as well. I, and it's this is a a tough game on the road at Lambeau. Um, it's at least it's in early November. It's yeah. not in January. You but could it's, see some flurries though. It's yep, one it, of those deals where you could touch 
Yep. Freezing temperatures. It, and, it is a mid-afternoon game, so I'm also um think looking at this as the pack being good and not having this whole Aaron Rodgers offseason just cause them to go in a free fall. Um as he isn't prepared and doesn't care and you know all the different things that has to go that have a possibility of happening i'm of the opinion they're not going to and so i'm just rolling with this we're going to get the good version of the packers this year and they're going to be um, a super bowl contender and i have this as a loss so november 21st week 11 Wait, hold on i want us to stop before we jump into the next game and i'm going to stop us right here at a reason because espn has a a model that they use uh, that they do predictions with and um, you know, it's, they, you know, run a whole bunch of simulations and all of that. They have the Seahawks at this point in the season coming out of this game against the Packers at O and nine. Um, next game. <laughs> and Cardinals. I left- for the first time ever, I have left Bill speechless. Yeah, that doesn't even, <laughs> I, that requires no response whatsoever. Um, <laughs> Cardinals at the Seahawks. So it's a division game, mm-hmm. um, week 11. It's a evening game, which plays right into Seattle's um, wheelhouse. Um, I've got it as a win facing Thank a team you. that's improving, um, but yet unproven mm-hmm. um, that they can make that, Push. Now, I think that they have the ability. When you take a look at their roster, I really like their roster. I like the way that they're building the roster. The problem isn't the roster. Yeah, but I think the problem is the guy on the sideline. Yeah, I, the I know, and I'm not completely convinced that he's not a good coach. Um, I am, but we'll see. We'll see how he commands that team, um, and, and or the the void of leadership that you sense can be filled by a guy that's maturing like Kyler Murray um, to be able to come in and like just take over a, a team. Basically he has the ability, immaturity and decision-making has come in his way a little bit prior to this season, but it seems like everything is really starting to line up for him. He's got all the weapons that he needs. Now the offensive line is improving and the defense is pretty legit. So, but nonetheless, I've got this at the Seahawks as a win. I also have it as a win. Um, following week uh, against the nameless Washington football team, which is rebuilding and is talent deficient in many positions, I think the Seahawks get an easy win there. Okay. I do too. Okay. 49ers at Seahawks. This is a, uh, the, the, the previous game was a Monday night football game against Washington. Uh, this is a um, NBC game, Sunday night football, 49ers at Seahawks. I've got it as a win. Um, earlier in the season, I had it as a loss. Uh, you know, the difference being uh, this is at home. But yeah. I think these two teams are really evenly matched. I really do think that it really does come down to where they're at at this time of the year with their quarterback situation. I uh, I had the previous one as a you know previous San Francisco game as a win because of the quarterback situation. I said I thought that they made the transition to Trey Lance full time um, in there, had a few games to work, you know, get through the growing pains, and this is the point where I see San Francisco really solidify. They've got a talented roster. They're going to finally fix the problem at quarterback, and they're going to become a legit team. I have them coming into Seattle and beating the Seahawks. So the interesting thing will be the transition because how long will they wait? How many games will they lose with Garoppolo Mm -hmm. there kind of floundering a little bit? I think that we we're both kind of predicting that because I think it's just too much pressure for him and Lance waiting, just waiting like a hawk, just hovering. Um, Like a, like a Seahawk. Yeah. I really like Lance, you know, and I think I, I think if he's a mature quarterback and that Shanahan trusts him, I think that transition comes early in the year. If they mm-hmm. wait too long, though, they could come into this game in a desperate sort of situation where they've lost four or five games and they're really on the playoff bubble and they need wins. That could that could impact the, the game. And 
I'm ha- I'm I don't know exactly how that's going to go. It'll be really interesting to see Shanahan kind of figure that out. But I've got it as a win. Okay. Um, the Texans probably the most dysfunctional talent less team in the NFL right now. Deshaun Watson is still there. He apparently has stopped um, being on the, being the scout team safety and is just no longer and is basically just present but not playing. He's are they going with Davis Mills? No, or Tyrod Taylor. Ty, they announced this morning it was Tyrod Taylor. Um, that's a win. Can we just let's just move on? That's that's a bad team, um, in a bad situation with a whole lot of mess going on. That's gonna that's an easy win for Seattle. Yep, win. Okay, uh, then uh, the L.A. Rams part two. Seahawks and, visit um, the Rams. Seahawks on the road in L.A. in one of the most friendly road stadiums in the NFL because the Rams don't really have a lot of fans in LA. So they packed that stadium full of about half of their own fans and half the visitor fans. Um, and Seahawks travel well anyway. Yep. And so I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not worried about it being a road game, but by this point in the year, this top heavy roster has started to show its cracks and holes because it just takes a couple of injuries and now they're playing they, they just don't have the depth. They don't have the guys to come in. Maybe and I'll try to go travel to that game. That would be a fun game for me to go to. You can still get it's tickets. Like, it's like a um, five hour five hour drive for me. I think maybe maybe I should try to do that. Weird is that they spent um, what is it four billion dollars on this stadium and campus I, and everything. I'd love to and, see it, and it still looks unfinished and terrible. From you think it looks all, terrible? Well, it's like these, the stadium itself is supposed to be nice, but everything else from the outside and the parking lot and the NFL network building, they just look like concrete monstrosities. Yeah. At so, this point. so in other words, it fits everything else in LA. Um, Ouch. <laughs> I know it is what it is though. Right. It's a but concrete have, jungle there, but I have this as a win. Um, how do you, what do you have for this game? I do not have this as a win. This is one of my losses. I don't have very many losses in the, in the end, but I do have this as a loss just because. Seahawks are traveling on the road. It's the Rams. They're fighting for playoff su- supremacy, and and um, I mean it's a battle right now. This is it. This is the home stretch. It's like who's going to win the division? Everything's on the line. Playoffs are on the line. Sometimes at this time of the year, the Seahawks seem to lay an egg, and um, this is this is the game. Okay. okay, so Bears at Seahawks. This is interesting. Because the Bears seemingly are improving. They've got a new quarterback. Are, where are they going to be at as far as the quarterback <laughs> situation, right? Yeah, because they're starting Andy Dalton at the beginning of the exactly. year. Exactly. So they're and, almost identical to the 49ers in this respect. Yeah, but unlike um, unlike the 49ers, the Chicago's got a lame duck general manager and a lame duck coach that are uh, very, very much unlikely to survive this year. Especially and they had such an opportunity. All they had to do was name Justin Fields the quarterback, and they would have been they would have had like a two year operating window where they could probably. have had an extension. And then instead, they created this situation with Andy Dalton, which yep. reinforced their dysfunction. Yeah, and so they're going to come in with Andy Dalton. They're going to lay a few eggs because of Andy Dalton, um, and then they're going to make the, the the switch to Justin Fields too late. Um, Fields is going to have his growing pains, like every rookie quarterback does. So they're going to drop another couple more games, and they're going to be under five hundred. Um, you know, at the midpoint in the season, and it's not going to matter. Does that make them dangerous? It it no, because it makes them with a coach that if he hasn't been fired by this game, the Seahawks will beat them and then he will be fired immediately after the game and everyone will know it's coming. And that just makes it worse because players at this point are starting to think about their own career and you know, what are they, where are they going to be next year? Are they auditioning for a new team or a new coaching staff? They're not really doing, you know, they're not really buying into what the coaches are saying anymore because they know the coaches are about to get fired. It's, it's an ugly situation. And I think you think it's that bad there. I think it's that bad there. I think that I'm not sure they were, they should have fired the guys last year. I and think in fact, they came, out, team. they came out and said, yeah, we're, we, 
you know, we're going to give him one more year. And it's like, so you gave him one more year. Everyone knows they're a lame duck. And then you let them pick your quarterback of the future in a situation where. Well, think about how that played out, though. I mean, really, they did a masterful job in the draft, I thought. that's The strategy that it took to be that patient and to have um, Justin Fields drop to them was a was a ideal situation for them. They didn't have they didn't go out, they didn't get Russell Wilson. I don't think he was in play anyway, really, but they, they sure him. tried, right? And then they they had a couple other things. They settled on Andy Dalton. And that draft was just a complete crapshoot. They were they were willing to move up, I think, and and end up getting like Trey Lance, I think is is what they wanted. But but the 49ers jumped them um earlier in the week. Um, and they fell back and just decided to kind of stay put. And sure enough, Justin Fields fell to them at their pick. And I thought it was a masterful job. See, I so feel, I'm going to give them credit for that. Uh, see, I'm not. I, I think that it was they want, they went all in on Russell Wilson and the answer was no. They then landed on Andy Dalton. Talk about a, the, the world's biggest drop off. But in, think in about the majority. entire market, Keith. I mean, there was nothing out there for them to choose. True, but then, but then they were like, okay, we're going to roll with Andy Dalton um, as our quarterback, and then Justin Fields fell into their lap, and they're like, oh, okay, we'll take him. I don't think this was a. I don't think it was oh, okay. Of, I think they were elated. Like, well, you know, it's true, but I'm just saying, I don't think it was, I, they didn't know that Justin Fields was going to drop that far. They didn't make a play for him. I disagree a little bit. I think it just, he happened to fall into their lap. At, at, yes, out of he did, but I disagree a little bit. I think there were some things in, in the uh, underneath that were playing out um, that they felt like they were more in control of than I think you're getting, giving them credit for. And, you know, but that's just me. That's kind of what I've read. That's kind mm-hmm. of the insight that I've kind of looked at. But I just nonetheless, don't, I, I, don't I think I read this just a little bit more. I think they're going to be a slightly better team than you're getting giving them credit for. I don't know that jobs or, or heads are going to roll, you know, because Andy Dalton loses three out of the first five or six games and they make that choice to go with Fields at that point. It could come sooner than that, but I I think that this team is is a better than five hundred team and I don't know that they're gonna reach the playoffs this year, but I think they're gonna give enough hope for the franchise, especially after Fields sees the field um, where they're going to give them a little bit longer life than. Well, the, the coaches were on the hot seat last year and it was an absolute surprise. They survived it. Yes. A, a, they go into this year and they start losing games. The, this may be the first coaching staff fired. Yeah. It's it hard be because they they have such a an upside potential with a new quarterback. I just don't know if they're going to fire somebody before af- actually allowing him to kind of see where they're at with with that. But you know, yeah. you could be completely right. All right, all right. The next I've game got it is, is a win. Yep. The next game is against Detroit, um, who were bad with Stafford, and you know they're only going to be worse with Jared Goff. That's a win. A win. Yep. All right, let's finish it up. Last Arizona. game of the season, Seahawks Arizona. at Cardinals. I've got tickets to this game. I'm going. Um, it's a it's a game that can go either way at this time of the year, depending on where the Seattle Seahawks are as far as their record is concerned, where they think they want to be uh, playoff bound wise. If they're in the playoffs, if they're not, etc. Um, but I have this as a loss just because I don't know that this game really matters at this point. At least it doesn't in my final record. I have this game as a loss. Um, and I have it as a loss, not because of anything with the Arizona Cardinals, but because of that. I think the Seahawks are in a position where their playoff seating is set. It doesn't matter whether they win or lose. And because every time they go into Arizona and play in that stadium, they come away with, with injuries. Um, and they go, you know what? We're not dealing with that this year. We're going to rest all of our guys and not have, you know, significant injuries. They're going to play backups. Geno Smith is going to get the start at quarterback, and they're going to lose because they just didn't bring their team. And Arizona, on the other hand, is fighting for their life, trying to get into the playoffs, maybe trying to save their coach's job. Um, so they're coming in with all of their starters and hungry, and Seattle's coming in with all their backups and a vanilla game plan. 
So I put the uh, I put the graphic up on the screen um, with our totals, and I come in at thirteen and four, and you're coming in at eleven and six, Keith. With an with an extra wild card team this year, you're lucky for the Seahawks to have that because they they get into the, to the playoffs with a wild card at eleven and six. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Rams. And I come and I come the, winning the division at twelve and five. The Seahawks as a wild card team is eleven and six. Wow. Um, the other two wild card teams being um, the New Orleans Saints. Um, and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And Arizona fighting for their life, getting that win and in so week you, 17 wasn't enough. They still. So you think that, that the Packers are the, the cream of the crop? The Packers and Tampa mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. are the, the teams that are. See, there. I've got and, them at 13 and four, and I've got them with the same record as the. Green Bay Packers, and it really depends on that win or loss in Green Bay that dictates who's got and, home field advantage. And you have them with a loss. So and I have Packers, them with a loss. The Packers have that. And yeah, yeah. That, puts, that puts the Seahawks as the three seed in yours. That and is correct. And they are the five seed in mine. Yeah. So Interesting. Yeah, I think that the, the, the team can go either way. I think both those records are, are possibilities. Um, so Obviously, I think goes, it's easier to get to your record than it is to mine. If the team goes 12 and five right between us, which one of us is closer? Is this like price is right rules where I win because it's the closest wow. without going over? That's like almost a metaphysical question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the answer to that readily available, but go, let me go do some advanced analytics and I'll get back to you on that. Sure. Um, I, I think that either way right we make the playoffs yeah but you limp in and i and i kind of deserve to be there and we got a legit chance to really kind of go to the nfc championship game which could be you know looking at this i don't have the seahawks limping in because after the pack game i have them going six and two down the stretch with one of those losses being week 17 when they don't play their starters. Yeah, and I have them three three losses after the bye. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So I have them getting on a roll and rolling into the playoffs as a team that nobody wants to play. You have, um, I think, a little bit more of a, a realistic um, idea about the, the start of the year with the schedule, the, the road-heavy schedule that we have. It is very tough. And I have a very optimistic outlook about that. And you I admit all, that. You have, an, you have an optimistic outlook about everything, Bill, not just. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Kind all right. Of. We're almost to an hour. This is like yeah. two shows in one. Let's wrap this up. All right. Why don't you go for it? All right. So um, you can follow me on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can follow Bill at um, NWC Hawker Northwest Seahawks. You can find the show um, at hawks playbook we're at um seahawksplaybook.com we are on pretty much any place you could possibly find a podcast you can find us on there go ahead and subscribe but also check us out on youtube we are on there and you can see our lovely faces as we do the show and all the graphics and stuff that we put together and um find us on there click subscribe hit that little bell so you get a notification when we post stuff and all of that and until next time go hawks go hawks Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.